Hello and welcome to Deer Tracks. It's great to have you back in my neck of the woods as we gather for another season of the Deer Tracks podcast. I'm James Kibbe, and for the first episode of Season 2, we will be doing things familiar, but as we make our way through the remainder of this year together, we will be doing some new things as well. I've got some exciting news to share, but first I would like to thank you, our listeners, for tuning in each week. We hope you enjoy these episodes and would love to hear from you. Please leave a 5-star rating and positive review wherever you're listening to this podcast, share it with friends, and if you've got time, send me an email to james at deertrackspodcast.blog. Your feedback is greatly appreciated and helps expand the reach of this podcast so we can connect with more listeners. And now, on to some exciting news. You may have noticed that the email I gave a moment ago is different from the email I gave in Season 1. That's because we've put together a blog site for the podcast and have an easy-to-remember URL, which is deertrackspodcast.blog. The site is quite simple. We will post the episodes up there as well as other interesting posts that myself or others will write. And so you want to keep an eye on that. And again, the address for that is deertrackspodcast.blog. So go check it out. Along with the blog site, don't forget our Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash deertrackspodcast. So go to facebook.com slash deertrackspodcast and give us a like. And if you're on Twitter, follow us at deertrackspod. Again, the Twitter handle for that is at DeerTracksPod. So follow us there, and like I said, follow us on Facebook as well. Now, one other thing I wanted to share with you before we get into the meat of this episode is that some of our upcoming episodes will take on a different format. Instead of simply hearing poems or songs from myself or others, which, if you've been listening to the show for a while, you know that's how we've done things up to this point. Instead of just sticking with that for Season 2, We are also going to have discussions with creative people about their work, process, and whatever other random things that may come up in our conversation. It's going to be interesting and a lot of fun, and we will begin that next week with my good friend Evan Anstey. So be on the lookout for when that episode drops, and if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. This way you'll never miss an episode. You can also head over to our blog site, again that's deertrackspodcast.blog, And in the right-hand column, enter your email address to receive an email every time a new post goes up. So please take a minute to do that and never miss a beat of the Deer Tracks podcast. That first segment went on a little longer than usual, so let's dive into this week's poems. The Dive Into is a subtle reference to the nautical theme for this episode, Making our way through this COVID reality may have us feeling landlocked at times and yearning for adventure. To feel the wind in our sails, the sun on our face, to smell the salt sea spray, and hear the breaking waves. Seafaring tales have captured our imaginations for years. Robert Louis Stevenson's Treasure Island is one of my personal favorites, and I've always dreamed of a life at sea. I'm sure it's probably not as many have fantasized it to be, but for now I'm content with the fantasy. And this leads us into our first poem titled, Over the Sea, Our Galleys Went, by Robert Browning. Browning's poem gives us the sense of adventure as we set out on an expedition to discover new worlds. 
There is this sense of joy and pride, this sense of purpose, as we envision the more romanticized image of a seafaring voyage. But the turn at the end ushered in by a raft of gentle islanders, who find the sailors' efforts to claim the land they found comical, delivers a dose of reality that stirs the sailors, as if from sleep, to see the futility of their work. Here is Browning's poem. Over the sea our galleys went, with cleaving prows and order brave, to a speeding wind and a bounding wave, a gallant armament, each bark built out of a forest tree, left leafy and rough as first it grew, and nailed all over the gaping sides, within and without with black bull hides, seethed and fat and suppled in flame, to bear the playful billows game, so each good ship was rude to see, rude and bare to the outward view. But each upbore a stately tent, where cedar pails and scented row kept out the flakes of the dancing brine, and an awning drooped the mast below, and fold on fold of the purple fine, that neither noontide nor starshine nor moonlight cold which maketh mad, might pierce the regal tenement, when the sun dawn, O oh, gay and glad, we set the sail and plied the oar, but when the night wind blew like breath, for joy of one day's voyage more, we sang together on the wide sea, like men at peace on a peaceful shore, each sail was loose to the wind so free, each helm made sure by the twilight star, and in a sleep as calm as death, we the voyagers from afar. Lay stretched along each weary crew, in a circle round its wondrous tent, whence gleamed soft light and curled rich scent, and with light and perfume music too. So the stars wheeled round in the darkness past, and at morn we started beside the mast, and still each ship was sailing fast. Now one morn land appeared, a speck dim trembling betwixt sea and sky. Avoid it, cried our pilot, check the shout, restrain the eager eye. But the heaving sea was black behind, for many a night and many a day, and land though but a rock drew nigh, so we broke the cedar pails away, let the purple awning flap in the wind. And a statue bright was on every deck, we shouted every man of us, and steered right into the harbor thus, with pomp and paean glorious, a hundred shapes of lucid stone. All day we built its shrine for each, a shrine of rock for every one, nor paused we till in the westering sun. We sat together on the beach to sing because our task was done, when lo, what shouts and merry songs, what laughter all the distance stirs, a loaded raft with happy throngs of gentle islanders. Our isles are just at hand, they cried, like cloudlets faint and even sleeping, our temple gates are open wide, our olive groves thick shade are keeping, for these majestic forms, they cried. Oh, then we awoke with sudden start, from our deep dream and knew too late, how bare the rock, how desolate, which had received our precious freight. Yet we called out, depart, our gifts once given must here abide, our work is done, we have no heart, to mar our work, we cried. That was Robert Browning's poem titled, Over the Sea Our Galleys Went. I think it is natural for us to want to fantasize various experiences in life, to dream of better and higher things, but how often have we felt disappointed when reality stepped in? Think of a time in your life when you had fantasized and built up so much anticipation for something, only to discover that what you were so hyped about did not measure up to your expectations. Maybe you've heard the advice that at some point we have to grow up, and accept that the romanticized life we desire to live isn't real, that Neverland is just that, 
Never. That doesn't mean we can't live in such a way where the virtues of a place like Neverland or Narnia are realized. After all, fantasy doesn't create these virtues, but borrows them and shows us that they are possible. So to imagine a better world is not a bad thing, so long as we don't forget our residence in this one. There is tension here, and sometimes choosing a life considered to be mature and proper may lead us to forsake a deeper and truer part of ourselves. We see this expressed in our next poem by Matthew Arnold titled, The Forsaken Merman. Throughout this poem, the merfolk are left on the outside looking in, filled with the sense of betrayal, while the human character, identified as Margaret, ignores their call to return. Meanwhile, Margaret is filled with sorrow when looking out at the sea, reflecting on what her choice meant, knowing that her soul ultimately resides with the merfolk. Here is the poem. Come, dear children, let us away, down and away below. Now my brothers call from the bay, now the great winds shoreward blow, now the salt tides seaward flow, now the wild white horses play. Champ and chafe and toss in the spray. Children dear, let us away, this way, this way. Call her once before you go, call once yet, in a voice that she will know, Margaret, Margaret. Children's voices should be dear, call once more to a mother's ear. Children's voices wild with pain, surely she will come again. Call her once and come away, this way, this way. Mother dear, we cannot stay. The wild white horses foam and fret, Margaret, Margaret. Come, dear children, come away down, call no more. One last look at the white-walled town and the little gray church on the windy shore, then come down. She will not come, though you call all day. Come away, come away. Children dear, was it yesterday we heard the sweet bells over the bay in the caverns where we lay, through the surf and through the swell, the far-off sound of a silver bell? Sand-strewn caverns cool and deep, where the winds are all asleep, where the spent lights quiver and gleam, where the salt weed sways in the stream, where the sea beasts range all around, feed in the ooze of their pasture ground, where the sea snakes coil and twine, dry their mail and bask in the brine, where great whales come sailing by, sail and sail with unshut eye, round the world forever and I. When did music come this way? Children dear, was it yesterday? Children dear, was it yesterday? Call yet once that she went away. Once she sate with you and me on a red-gold throne in the heart of the sea, and the youngest sate on her knee. She combed its bright hair and she tended it well, when down swung the sound of a far-off bell. She sighed, she looked up through the clear green sea. She said, I must go to my kinsfolk pray in the little gray church on the shore today. T'will be Easter time in the world, ah, me. And I lose my poor soul, merman, here with thee. I said, go up, dear heart, through the waves. Say thy prayer and come back to the kind sea caves. She smiled, she went up through the surf in the bay. Children dear, was it yesterday? Children dear, were we long alone? The sea grows stormy, the little ones moan. Long prayers, I said, in the world, they say. Come, I said, and we rose through the surf in the bay. We went up the beach by the sandy down, where the sea stalks bloomed to the white-walled town, through the narrow paved streets where all was still, to the little gray church on the windy hill. From the church came a murmur of folk at their prayers, but we stood without in the cold-blowing airs. We climbed on the graves on the stones warm with rains, and we gazed up the aisle through the small leaded panes. She sate by the pillar, we saw her clear. 
Margaret, hist, come quick, we are here. Dear heart, I said, we are long alone. The sea grows stormy, the little ones moan. But ah, she gave me never a look, for her eyes were sealed to the holy book. Loud prays the priest, shut stands the door. Come away, children, call no more. Come away, come down, call no more. Down, 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 down to the depths of the sea. She sits at her wheel in the humming town, singing most joyfully. Hark what she sings, O oh joy, O oh joy, for the humming street and the child with its toy, for the priest and the bell and the holy well, for the wheel where I spun and the blessed light of the sun. And so she sings her fill, singing most joyfully, till the spindle drops from her hand and the whizzing wheel stands still. She steals to the window and looks at the sand and over the sand at the sea, and her eyes are set in a stare, and anon there breaks a sigh, and anon there drops a tear, from a sorrow-clouded eye, and a heart sorrow-laden, a long, long sigh, for the cold, strange eyes of a little mermaiden, and the gleam of her golden hair. Come away, away, children, come, children, come down, the horse wind blows coldly, lights shine in the town, she will start from her slumber when gusts shake the door, she will hear the winds howling, will hear the waves roar. We shall see while above us the waves roar and whirl, a ceiling of amber, a pavement of pearl. Singing, here came a mortal, but faithless was she, and alone dwell forever the kings of the sea. But children, at midnight when soft the winds blow, when clear falls the moonlight, when spring tides are low, when sweet airs come seaward from heath starred with broom, and high rocks throw mildly on the blanched sands a gloom. Up the still glistening beaches, up the creeks we will hie, over banks of bright seaweed the ebb tide leaves dry. We will gaze from the sand hills at the white sleeping town, at the church on the hillside, and then come back down, singing, There dwells a loved one, but cruel is she. She left lonely forever the kings of the sea. That was The Forsaken Merman, by Matthew Arnold. The world of fantasy is a great space to explore the depths of humanity as well as exercise ideas, but it's not the only place we can look to. The natural world also bears witness to truth and virtue, containing profound lessons that a keen mind is able to tease out. This is what we find in our next poem titled The Chambered Nautilus. The poem was written by Oliver Wendell Holmes Sr., and if you're familiar with marine life, you will notice that the title is simply the name of a type of mollusk called the nautilus. Chances are you're more familiar with the nautilus's shell than you are with the creature itself. The nautilus's shell is highly sought after because of its beautiful colors and ornate system of chambers. Overfishing coupled with the nautilus's slow reproductive and growth rate has led to them being labeled as a threatened species. They are a fascinating creature that needs to be protected, but, of course, that's not the purpose of Holmes' poem. Rather, Holmes seemed to be inspired by the fact that the Nautilus's shell grows with it, that as new chambers are formed, old chambers are blocked off. This idea of personal growth of closing off the old in pursuit of the new so as to achieve one's higher potential is what drives the extended metaphor of this poem. The poet encounters the wrecked ship of pearl, Ship of Pearl, most likely a nickname given to the Nautilus in reference to its shell, and receives the heavenly message from its dying lips. This message that Holmes identifies is one of freedom. Freedom from our tired shell. 
from this unresting, ever-changing mortal life. Here is the poem. This is the ship of pearl which poets feign, sails the unshadowed main, the venturous bark that flings on the sweet summer wind its purpled wings, and gulfs enchanted where the siren sings, and coral reefs lie bare, where the cold sea maids rise to sun their streaming hair. Its web of living gauze no more unfurl, wrecked is the ship of pearl, and every chambered cell where its dim dreaming life was wont to dwell, as the frail tenant shaped his growing shell, before thee lies revealed, its iris ceiling rent, its sunless crypt unsealed. Year after year beheld the silent toil, that spread his lustrous coil, still as the spiral grew, he left the past year's dwelling for the new, stole with soft step its shining archway through, built up its idle door, stretched in his last found home, and knew the old no more. Thanks for the heavenly message brought by thee, child of the wandering sea, cast from her lap forlorn. From thy dead lips a clearer note is born, than ever triton blew from wreathed horn, while on mine ear it rings. Through the deep caves of thought I hear a voice that sings. Build thee more stately mansions, O my soul. As the swift seasons roll, leave thy low vaulted past. Let each new temple, nobler than the last, shut thee from heaven with a dome more vast, till thou at length art free, leaving thine own outgrown shell by life's unresting sea. Before we wrap up our time together, I wanted to share one last poem with you. It's actually a hymn and within that a prayer. The name of the hymn is Eternal Father Strong to Save and was written by William Whiting. I wanted to share this because the concluding line for three of the four stanzas is For Those in Peril on the Sea. 2020 has been one of the more tumultuous years I can remember. For some of us it may feel like we've been stranded at sea caught up in a hurricane with no relief in sight. Wherever you are with this year, I offer up these words as a prayer for us all. I hope for better things for you and your family, and most of all, peace. Eternal Father, strong to save, whose arm hath bound the restless wave, who bids the mighty ocean deep its own appointed limits keep, O oh, hear us when we cry to thee, for those in peril on the sea. O Christ, whose voice the waters heard, and hushed their raging at thy word, who walkest on the foaming deep, and calm amid the storm did sleep, O hear us when we cry to thee, for those in peril on the sea. Most Holy Spirit, who didst brood upon the chaos dark and rude, and bid its angry tumult cease, and give for wild confusion peace, O hear us when we cry to thee, for those in peril on the sea. O Trinity of love and power, thy children shield in danger's hour. From rock and tempest, fire and foe, protect them wheresoe'er they go. Thus evermore shall rise to thee glad hymns of praise from land and sea. Thank you for joining me here on the Deer Tracks podcast. I look forward to having you back again next week as we will have singer-songwriter Evan Anstey with us to discuss the stories behind his music. It's going to be a great interview that you don't want to miss. Also, head on over to our new blog site, deertrackspodcast.blog, and check it out. 
You can listen to the episodes there as well as read some fun articles you're only going to find at DeerTracksPodcast.blog. And if you have any questions or would like to submit your creative work to be heard on a future episode, email them to james at DeerTracksPodcast.blog. Well, until our paths cross again, this is James Kibbe saying take care and see you next time on the Deer Tracks Podcast. <laughs>